All right, ready? I'm going to clap and then wait like a second and then okay. restart it. Welcome to the Graduates Podcast. I'm your host, Chen Chi. Uh, I'm here with uh, my good friend, Warren. I didn't mean to cut you off. How's it going, Warren? I'm going good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, we also have a special good. guest with us here tonight. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Hey. Oh, yeah. Well, I was, I was just going to say, we have a special guest with us tonight. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, uh, it's Stuart. I'm, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a friend of Chen Chi and Warren's and a huge fan of the podcast. So I'm super excited to be here. Hey, yeah, we're super, super glad to have you. You know, sometimes when it's just me and Warren, uh, so what the viewers don't see is that we, we constantly bicker. And we just cut out all the parts that we bicker. So we actually record for about five hours every time. Yeah. And we, we probably fight for four of those five hours. After you know? Fighting for so many hours, the best footage we have is collected into the podcast. Yeah. It's kind of like exactly, a relationship. Exactly. You know, like on social media, I'm promoting us nonstop. And, you know, we're, we're always looking like we have so much chemistry in, 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 in public. But like behind the scenes, you know. Chenchi is actually a very abusive um, partner, you know. So <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a terrible person, you know. I think I think everyone knows that. Honestly, yeah. No, actually, we're, we're all right. But yeah, yeah. we're 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 Klein. So how how's everyone doing? I guess we could start with uh, Stuart. How's it been? Yeah, I'm uh I'm doing pretty good. Um, just chilling at home for the meantime. Uh, but yeah, doing okay. Hopefully, staying healthy. Nice. You put on that a uh, COVID fifteen or COVID nineteen? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. I uh, I finally got tested and it came back negative, so that was exciting. It's yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Sometimes I just take a because COVID testing is free in Berkeley. Sometimes I just take it just so I can get the positive like. Res- not the positive result. I can get the positive feeling of getting the negative <laughs> result, you know? <laughs> That's fair. Just to, just to make myself feel better. Because there's not, there's not much going on these days. But... Mm. Real. Yeah. It's yeah, so I guess, uh, Warren, how, how are you doing? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I thought that was a smooth transition. But um, I'm doing okay. Um, I think I had a pretty good weekend, pretty unique weekend. Um, I'm back, back on the Tinder. Um, it was only a matter of time, you know, every time I quit Tinder, I feel like a a whole new man, like I've grown or something. And then like, it's, it's more like just like a ticking time bomb where like insert X amount of nights where Warren does nothing but play on his PS4. And eventually I'll be like, "Hmm, I wonder if anyone thinks I'm cute. (laughs) So I, I, I downloaded Tinder like what, like a week and a half ago or some shit. I shit you not, immediately after downloading Tinder and, and getting back on the swiping grounds, immediately, I got no matches. But, <laughs> but, but we persevered, and after a while, I did match with a couple people. And I don't know about you guys when you're on Tinder, but for me, I'm always just looking for that one other person who also hates Tinder and also likes listening to Joji. And then I just like try to hone in on that and talk to them instead. You know, I'm like a quality over quantity type of guy. So I'm doing good. Mm. That's what I'm trying to say. Sorry for rambling. Nice, nice. For White Claw. 
<laughs> I'm also super lightweight, so get ready, you guys. <laughs> Dude, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Drunk Warren. I'm, te- I'm telling you, I'm so lightweight now. I drink two White Claws. I get hung over like four hours later. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, how are you doing, Chenchi? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, just been hanging out, you know, going to work, drinking some scotch. Oh, watch some football. It's a real man's dream. You know, trying to feel like an adult. Yeah. But it's just, uh, I don't know. It's it's tough, man. You know, it's just, I, I listen to the rest of our podcast, my podcast one through three. And I, I don't, I don't understand how anyone likes me, bro. I'm like, I feel like I'm just like the worst. I'm just like, damn, this guy is like, he fucking sucks, bro. Like, he's like, he, he like thinks like he's, he's all that shit, but like, he's really not. It's kind of a wake up call next week when you have to listen to this podcast. Like, come on, be nice to yourself. <laughs> no, I, I like I like having a little bit of that like self hatred to kind of like drive me to change. You know, I feel like I can't be perfect yet. I gotta I'm still too young for that. You know, you gotta you gotta have that little bit of unhappiness that kind of drives you to like be better. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we shouldn't. But anyway, yeah, we should. Yeah, talk. we're not gonna dwell on this. <laughs> But uh, yes, do so. You you gave away a lot of your time to come to our little podcast. We really appreciate that. Oh, and um, even, I don't know. I I, I, I think like it's a, like, a, like I've got. A I'm lot sorry. Of what important things going on right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's a... Hey, this is this is a future doctor talking. Yeah, really like, I'm sure you got a lot of a lot of important things it's to do. An event. If I leave the house more than once per day so oh man for real i mean but you you said you live in iowa and it's kind of spacious right or like there's there's not as many people it's not as densely packed i mean it's a pretty non-populous state i mean it's like total population of about like three million Mm -hmm. so wow uh, I'd say it's pretty sparsely populated for most of it, and then kind of congregated around just a few of the cities. But yeah, I mean, it's not like. Uh, Did you like growing up there? That? Did you like growing up in Iowa? Um, I think it afforded me a lot of opportunities that I wouldn't have gotten elsewhere. Things like, um, but I think it. It might just be like by virtue of going to a small school where like I knew everybody and everyone knew me where I had like opportunities to like be in multiple clubs at the same time. And when I mean multiple, it's like four or five at the same time. And I mean, it was just like, like no one had to really try out for anything. So it was like, if you wanted to try something, you could just join and be on it which was great for like performative things like uh like music or stuff like that like art stuff which was also kind of a bad thing for sports because i was on basketball and track through my sophomore year basketball yeah dude Damn, that low key yeah. shade. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it was just it was definitely a time. <laughs> I think the I big forgot. thing was in like seventh grade or something like that. Um, 
I was really tall for my grade. And so for the whole like fall and like sixth grade, people were like hyping me up and they were like, yo, like you're so tall, you should go out for basketball. And I was just like, yeah, I should go out for basketball. And I like played, <laughs> I like was really bad because day one of practice was like the first time I had ever picked up a basketball. I was so bad. I was just like, I think it was because like, it was a mix of like never played basketball and also hit like that middle school growth spurt, like loss of coordination. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you like walk around like this kind yeah. of sweat. And I, just, like, I wasn't like, used to like, move. my proportions at that time. And so like I had no yeah. coordination. I dropped the ball every single time it was passed. <laughs> like I couldn't dribble. <laughs> I couldn't shoot. I was just tall. And what? like basically the big thing was I was tall through seventh and eighth grade. But then by the time high school came around, I wasn't tall compared to all the other guys who were all like, I'm actually one of the shorter ones of my high school friends. And I'm 5'10", 5'11", sometimes. So they're all an average of like 6'3", I think. 6'1". So they're pretty tall. Oh, shit. Those, uh, those big yeah, Iowa, Iowa boys, boys, huh? There's on that so corn. Pictures of me that all like corn diet. Inches shorter than all of my friends. It's wild. But um, yeah, it just got to the point where I, I just I wasn't the tall one anymore. And I didn't get any more coordinated so I just like I had no place being on a sports team but it was something that I tried and it was something that I think I just enjoyed like being around all my friends but mm-hmm. I didn't really like playing games or doing anything else so it was kind of a waste of time but I don't know being in a small school it like afforded me to like try different things like that like something out of my comfort zone I guess but yeah, other than that, there was nothing to do. So <laughs> you just stayed busy doing like school activities, <laughs> plays, and stuff like that. Oh, wait, where are you? So you're staying with your parents in Iowa right now, right? Mm-hmm. Is there like, what's the surrounding like? Because I've never been to Iowa. Is it like <laughs> mostly nature-esque or? It's like, it's, um, it'd be like, Right where I live, it would be kind of similar to, like, if you went a couple blocks off Carlton, mm-hmm. like, it, it, it's like a neighborhood. Mm. So It's kind of like suburban, little towny yeah, sort of vibe. I mean, it's, it's not huge by any means, but... Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. It's like a rural town, but it's not like mm-hmm. the rural town that has, like... No schools, no post office, no police, anything <laughs> like. Because there are a lot of those a, around where there's just like that's towns. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of houses and then like one or two stores. We have a ton of those around here, but this is like. Wait, so did you guys just like play outside all day when you were kids? Uh, I mean, I didn't, but <laughs> oh. I'm sure most. Those kids that explains did. a lot. Yeah, I, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I was not an outdoorsy kind of guy until I was a I was a lifeguard for a while, but was not as outdoorsy. Oh as yeah, I got. that's hype. Yeah, 
you have any uh, interesting lifeguard stories? I feel like being a lifeguard is like kind of kind of a weird position because no one's really looking at you, but you're looking at everyone else. So I feel like you see some shit that like goes down that you know other people won't notice. Um, any interesting stories? I never had to save anyone. I was one of those lifeguards where if I saw like a kid like kind of struggling, I was like, eh, I'll give him a minute. <laughs> If he really, if he really looks like he's sinking, like I might like waddle out. But like most kids, like I don't know. If you like, most people that go to a pool can swim, so it wasn't ever super like like I've only seen a couple people get saved before, and it's usually just like they just look like they got a little tired, like trying to paddle to the side from the diving boards. And it's usually like a three or four year old, so they just like toss the tube out and grab them. But it wasn't ever like this person like actively is drowning and needs to be like resuscitated. That happened once, but it was before I came and before I worked. But uh, I guess it's a good thing you're a lifeguard because you know I can't swim. Lauren, can you swim? I'm a land animal. <laughs> Yeah, so so you know we'd be we'd be kind of fucked if we ever got out Actually, into the water. I thought about this for a little bit. I don't know if I can still swim. Like I think I can, but I think it's been, <laughs> it's been so long. Like it's literally like I haven't gotten into a pool. I guess I I like hopped in once when I was in San Diego, but besides that, I haven't been in like an actual pool since like freshman year of college. But I think it yeah it has to be like one of those things that it's just like you just hop in and it's like oh yeah I can swim yeah yeah I don't think I've been fully I don't know if I've been fully submerged in water since the womb <laughs> you know worm since the womb, the womb. is the yeah. womb made of water guys yeah. I I don't remember yeah there's water in I there. mean water with like a bunch of other stuff it's not like okay just like I, purified I, Aquafina. Like Aquafina, <laughs> I used to tell people like I didn't. I mean, I, I didn't tell everyone. This is just like a weird thought I used to have in my head, where I was like, "Huh, the the time knowing that I'm I'm a very inadequate swimmer and that I've had like nearly five near drowning experiences in my life at least. Knowing all of this, I I used to always think to myself like, "Hmm, the best." The time when I was like swimming my best laps was as a sperm cell. And that was the most important <laughs> swim of my life. And then after that I just forgot the ability to swim. So just 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 more, you know, just more to go along with Chenchi's weird wound comment. So but um I really, Well I mean I feel like I was like here and then he just decided to take sperm it to here, is not as weird as saying but... boom, but maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just my like masculine like uh, bias or something. I don't know. Huh. I had a question. Can we can we change the subject? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I had I had a hello. I'm yeah. pressing weird buttons. Sorry. I had a question about lifeguards. Seeing that we have a professional, former professional lifeguard <laughs> on duty. Do they hire people based on looks like? Are lifeguards statistically better looking than your average person? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. I mean, it's just like uh, 
I mean, I just worked for like the community pool. It wasn't like some like fine establishment or anything. Like, oh, so it, maybe it's like the yeah, the finer the establishment. I mean, I I, I don't the know. Like, maybe they do, but I. But I think it was more like I think lifeguards might be perceived as more attractive just because like they get really tan and like sun bleached, mm -hmm. and if they're not like all gross and peely like just like the the aspect of like looking very like tan i think can be very appealing that paired with like the, think... the group effect oh yeah the group effect i think i'm just conditioned by like the american perception or, like the media perception like i just imagine everyone to look like baywatch like or baywatch. some shit <laughs> Yeah, like there's always a Hasselhoff <laughs> in the squad, and there's like a bunch of young and young women and men who are just oh, like working there for the summer. I definitely was not a Hasselhoff. I can assure you of that. <laughs> <laughs> Walk around with the hairy chest, chest there. <laughs> the hairy chest <laughs> and the red shorts. <laughs> Wait, hold up. Like, have you guys noticed how how different life is for like people that are like legitimately hot? You know. No, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> no, like, have you <laughs> have you ever just like walked around with someone who's like kind of hot, like relatively, and you're like, wow, like people treat this person so different just like based on looks. I think I've had the opposite effect where I've walked around with someone who who is ugly, <laughs> and they receive like differential treatment. And I'm like, it's because you're ugly, but I, I don't say it to them. You know, like. <laughs> I'm not telling them, like, hey, the mailman was kind of passive aggressive, and I know it's not your fault. It's because, like, I don't, I don't say it to them, but like, you can definitely feel the negative uh, consequences of it. But yeah, I felt the negative version of it. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I definitely had like one or two experiences where I felt like, like being Asian definitely affected how people interacted with me just like being from iowa that like i think like like i definitely had it like easier considering like all poc but like i think like i definitely felt like i was treated a little bit differently just like being around like basically 97 percent white people but i never really realized it until i came to college and then it was just like very like, oh, people like don't have to treat you differently based on your race. That was like very, that was like one of my like big like eye opening moments was like, oh, so. Yeah, I thought I thought I was white until I got to college. <laughs> yeah, I definitely kind of relate to that. Like. I never really like saw myself as like different than many of my friends and I don't really think that they necessarily saw me as different either but that is like something that like you start to realize when you're like around other people that like look like you and think like you these are like the type of thoughts I have I, I think they're I think they're very interesting but these are like the type of thoughts I have in my head when I'm like high in a dorm party <laughs> That's the type of shit that I would think about. I'm like, I'm Asian. What? Yeah, you're the only Asian here. <laughs> and then I look around, yeah, I'm like, I'm in a sea of white people. And 
they're treating me different i swear like or some shit like that you know so i don't know i i i have different thoughts about that as well i mean we all come from like slightly different perspectives right but we're all Asian, so it's kind of interesting to talk about the whole asian identity and experience thing well i think it's also like for me at least being half asian and half white i think it was a very different experience in that way too but i mean warren you're from california right yeah so there's a pretty high asian population yeah i would say (laughs) it's like taken for granted here that if you look asian you speak chinese (laughs) wait really i thought it was the opposite i thought there were more asian people who don't speak native language um i don't i don't know the numbers for it but i feel like it's taken for granted that you speak chinese or some shit because i remember i used to like i used to just wait in public transit and like elderly I, I like there was one time I was waiting on on like the bar train coming back from work from SF and some some like frantic old Asian lady was like looking trying to find like which stop she was at and where she should go next and she just ran up to me and started speaking like a whole like landslide of just like words in Cantonese to me and I was like how did you even know I would understand this language like it's just taken for granted that everyone it's just like they just know how to speak chinese here so it's a totally different vibe from like iowa and michigan for sure yeah i think it's like the 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 like the, you know like you talk about how people might treat you differently if you're because you're asian or something i think that still happened here but it just happened among other ethnic groups that's fair yeah like like racial jokes were just always around in elementary school just because like we we knew we were different from each other and we all watched like really edgy cartoons or something so we would just make like the most fucked up jokes about each other i feel that (laughs) same for you guys yeah yeah i mean ann arbor ann arbor isn't really like the rest of the midwest i'd say in terms of like diversity like ann arbor is like 70 percent white 20 percent asian so it's like it feels like you're you're. I feel like you almost feel like you're part of the majority in Ann Arbor when you're Asian because it's literally like you know everyone's white or Asian really. That's what it feels like. Yeah, I definitely had a very different experience where I think there was like there were three or four other Asian kids in my grade, but that was unusual. Like, I'm pretty sure the grade below me was, like, if not 100%, like, 98% white. And, yeah. That's crazy. So, it was very, it was very different, like, yeah, just, like, being, like, completely surrounded by, like, white people and white culture which i don't know have you been to the, like the area before though or have you been to like any any part of america where there's more asian people yeah um i would go to korea every other year but i think like even that was different in its own right just because i don't speak korean and it would be to like visit my yeah. dad and 
if no one really spoke English, it just like felt like similarly like reflecting back like it felt like isolating like being the only asian but in a very different way of like mm-hmm. being a white korean kid who can't speak korean yeah and it's still like not like asian americans that you're around so right it probably felt like it still made you probably like feel like a little bit different yeah i definitely noticed that in like especially like discipline like i was like talking to uh one of my friends at the time and she was like yeah i got into a huge fight with my mom last night and i was just like so torn up about it and like i can't believe like it took her like a whole hour to like come over and just like apologize and say like i'm sorry that i yelled at you and we can talk it out and it, it it was just like one of the most difficult hours of my life but i was like my dad has never apologized for yelling at me. Like, yeah, like, same. Yeah, it's a very yeah. different like culture. That like, I don't think that. I think that white kids, especially, like, like I don't want to say like all white kids, but like in general, I think that culturally, discipline is just like very different, and it does like impact like how you interact with others. And like how you grow mm-hmm. up, but yeah, dude. I mean, to this day, I still can't talk about my feelings around my parents. And I don't know. I guess like when you're a kid and you live with your parents, a you can't choose to live somewhere else. As much as you, you know, pack your toys and threaten to leave forever, you can't actually do that. And B, it's like if you're a kid, you kind of forget about your feelings if you just play video games or something. Right. But like. I remember a couple of years back, I, every year after Carlton, going to Carlton, I would hang out with like, you know, like-minded people my age. We all talk about like our emotions and mental health and all that. So that becomes like stuck in my vocabulary and my way of thinking. And then I come home for like winter break. I'm like, huh, I feel a little more mature. I think I'm ready to like fix years and years of issues with my Asian parents. So like one time I got into an argument with my mom. I tried to explain to her, like, what my feelings were, like, try to intellectualize it for her. And the moment I started saying feelings, she straight up just looked at the wall. Like, it was like, it was like an, <laughs> it was like an unconscious thing she was doing. Like, like, she couldn't control it or something. She just, I, I was like, look at me, look at me in the eyes when I'm telling you how I feel. And she was just like, I can't. And she just kept staring at the wall. And I was like, this is so, this is so, like, funny, but sad at the same time. Where it's like, it's just, I don't know. It's just like the way you grow up with Asian parents. It makes it kind of hard to talk about your feelings sometimes. Oh, yeah. Double down with being an Asian male, I think. But we can we can save that for another another talk. Yeah. I think it is, though, that, like, our parents did grow up in, a, like, a very different culture. Whereas we do, like, kind of yeah. ourselves to, like, the majority where, like mental health and like expressing your emotions through words is like generally accepted like i think my my dad told me this story or it, it might have been my mom but um where basically my dad like failed an exam as a kid and his parents like kicked him out of the house and told him to go kill himself jesus like just like super like just like over the top like different but mm-hmm. 
I mean, it, it, but again, like that's no excuse for like. Yeah, it's it's not an excuse, but it's like just staggering to see like it's like how different it was. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, I get told that when I play League, but that's a <laughs> totally different scenario. Gamers are just assholes because they are right. <laughs> Yeah, but I think, like for me, it's this is like kind of like a personal update again. But like for me, it's kind of like I think this time of COVID has let me and my mom get closer because, like, she she's stuck in the house, but because she's like such a traditional sort of like Asian woman, a lot of her expression, like ways of expression for like you know concern and whatnot are expressed through like doing chores and making food and, you know, practicality, like related things like that. So she's still able to do those things for me now. And I think as an adult now, I'm able to see them more as gestures of caring instead of just like, there's rice every day. Like it, it, it's, I feel like being an adult now, I can read it better. So it's, it's made our relationship a little bit smoother, even if it's not, it's not like, I'm not like hugging my mom. I, I don't think I've hugged her ever for years, but like, it's still kind of like, I think she likes me. <laughs> like, 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 there's rice every day. She asks me if I'm thirsty. Sometimes she makes food whenever I'm hungry. I think she cares about me like that. And that's like, that's like a, a development <laughs> between like an Asian child and an Asian parent. That's We're just hard. like, this is a moment of maturity, I think for both of us. It's like, but a... I had like a, I'm sorry. Wait, what? Oh no, you should go. You should go. Oh, I was going to say one more thing, which is like, I think it's kind of cute also. Cause I'm getting to learn more about my parents as more specifically, like about my mom as I grow up too. Cause I'm telling her more about my life and she's responding in certain ways to my life. So I was like, I said I had a good weekend. I was like talking about Tinder. I was meeting up with someone this weekend and I stayed at the person's place and my mom was like, oh, okay. Uh, And then as I was like packing my stuff, she came back into my room with like $60 in cash. She was like, take this, you need it. And, and she was like, Oh, do you need like wet wipes or anything? Do you what do you what do you need to like you know stay over? <laughs> I was like, this is completely unnecessary, but at the same time, it's just like <laughs> it feels nice, I guess. Sniffle. Yeah. Wait, wait. What did he tell him? You told him you're going over to a girl's house. I said I was going to a friend's place, but oh <laughs> uh, okay. But, but she was like, "Are you going to are you going to that girl's house?" And I was like. Yes. <laughs> she was like, do you need money? I was like, I have money, but I'll, I will take more. And she was like, do you need wet wipes? I was like, no, I don't need wet wipes. And she was like, okay, text me when you get there. And I was like, oh, fuck. This is kind of weird. It's like sending your but, mom updates. Yeah. And then, oh, my God, dude. What? Nothing. What? <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's, it's just it's wild. Chinchi, I think you uh, you have a story from this past week. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. No, not really. <laughs> I'm sorry, my mouth is too close. For context, Chenchi canceled or made us delay the podcast two days. Oh yeah. Now, 
because he was in Vegas. And um, yeah, I just hung out with a friend in Vegas. That's it. You hung out with not that much else more to talk about. Yeah. What'd you do? Yeah. What's that? What'd you do in Vegas? I hung out with a friend. That was literally it. A friend. A friend. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Dude, it's a long fucking drive. Vegas is like seven hours away, man. Jeez. So how much did you lose? I was like, what's that? How much did you lose? Oh, (laughs) all of it. All all my stocks are gone now because I had to liquidate and pay off my gambling debt. Shit. Wait, but tell us what happened. Bro. Bro, literally nothing happened. I just hung out with a friend in Vegas. No, I'm talking about like, like the end of the story, you, though. Like, you know, there's got to be, there's got to have been like highlights or something, right? Did you have fun? What did you do in Vegas? <laughs> I mean, well, we didn't go to the strip because, you know, people are cray. And uh, so the bars are open there, which is kind of wild. So indoor bars, like they keep the windows open, but like, you know, still indoor bars with people not wearing masks. Seems kind of wild. Yeah. So stay away from all of that. Stay away from downtown. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It feels kind of weird because I feel like, to some degree, it's like it feels like I'm trying to capture my youth still by like doing these things. You know, just like going and traveling on the weekends as much as I can. But like, I don't know. I'm starting to feel like a robot where I'm just like, you know, work has started to consume me and. I'm supposed to be an adult. That's like, that's not very, you know. Being an adult kind of sucks, bro. You know, we're entering this segment where Chenchi hates his work and being an adult. <laughs> this happens every episode. Perpetually. <laughs> Perpetually. Yeah, it's, it's the only thing that weighs in my mind. Okay, I gotta be honest. I, just... like I, I hate a lot of people who make like their identity, their work once they become adults. But I feel like Chenshi makes hating work his identity. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's like being the anti-worker, you know? Just like the anti-boyfriend yeah, you anti-worker. Either, you're either like two... I feel like when you're an adult, like in, in your mid to late 20s, you're either... You've become... You've either drank so much of the Kool-Aid that like every time you talk to someone, you're you're literally just spewing it on top of them in every conversation that you can get. Or you're like Chen Shi, where you're just like, I hate fucking hate everything. I hate work. <laughs> I'm I'm literally doing anything to avoid working and to capture my youth. I went skydiving with an anvil the other day and no parachute. I feel <laughs> alive again. I don't. I don't know. I think what's worse for me is the people that are like ultra productive, and they're like. Yeah, I'm just like I'm grinding. I'm up at like 4:45 every day. I read the yeah. Bible every morning. Yeah, 25 hours a day, bro. The thing is, 25 hours. The thing a day is, on those spreadsheets, <laughs> <laughs> dude. But the thing is, I'm also that guy. I'm like low-key a workaholic. I just like complain about it the whole time. Like I woke up at 5:50 today to drive into work to get there early. <laughs> and I'm just like, why am I doing this to myself? You know, is this Ridiculous. Like I got home yesterday at like 10, 10 p.m. Why? And like, well, because I was running back from Vegas. Oh, that's okay. a long drive. It, it pays for the scotch and the Vegas trips, though. So, yeah, it pays for exactly. It gives me the money to do whatever. Exactly. 
What's that? Uh... You guys, you guys think about like when you were kids, like how you how you imagined yourself would be at like twenty two or twenty three, you know, and like how different you actually are. Hmm. At what point in childhood, like? I mean, I don't know. I feel like when I was twelve, I was like, you know, I'm older. I'm gonna like have my shit figured out. I'm gonna like, you know, be like. I'm, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be married and have like two kids by the time I'm twenty two. And just like, just there. Big goals, right? Right. And it's like, now it's just like I'm here. I'm like, wow. It's like this kind of fucking sucks. I just like, but, I, it was like very surreal. So a couple of my high school friends just got married like a month ago, I think. And I went to their wedding and like, they've been dating since high school, like, and everything. And I think that like, it was pretty obvious that they would get married at some point, but God, I just like, can't imagine like getting married this early. Like, dude. Yeah. I don't know if I ever want to get married now. I'm just like, it's, it's a lot, you know? Like, I feel like, when I was, like, younger, like, middle school, high school, especially just, like, being from, like, a rural town where, like, everyone's parents are married or remarried and everyone has kids, like, that was just, like, the standard. So it's always, like, oh, yeah, of course I'm going to get married. But now it's, like, now that I'm 22 and I see, like, people my age getting married, it's, like, oh, I, I get it. I get why people don't want to get married. Like, I get why people don't want to have kids. I get why, like, like I, I, I don't know. I just, I understand it, I guess. And I think that was just, like, something that came with, like, oh, shit, now I'm I'm one of those people where, like, I don't know. I definitely don't want to get married for a while. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll tell you what. I think when I was a kid, I did assume that, I did have like the same assumptions as Chenchi where I was like, I'll probably have a job, probably have a house, marry somebody, maybe have like two kids or something. But then like as I grew older, I think like I had a bunch of failing relationships just repeatedly. So that kind of destroyed my notion of finding someone and getting married. And then like I realized that a lot of the potential jobs that my parents put into my head like my imagination like being a lawyer or like being a doctor or whatever didn't appeal to me so I went to school for something that doesn't really directly feed you into a conventional job so that illusion is also shattered for me and I think it's like as you grow older like you find different moments in your life where your generic like house on the hill with like a nice little family sort of illusion just gets shattered one by one mm-hmm. and it it makes you it i don't know for me it's like i'm not sad that i've lost those illusions but i am like kind of confused and i and then sometimes i do wake up and i feel like this is this might be what what you were saying Stu, where i'm like whoa i am that adult who hates life now <laughs> like, like it just it kind of just pops into your head where you're just like I'm not the I'm not the same kid I was ten years ago who had like a naive kind of like vision of his life in the future. But I'm also very shocked that I am the adult who hates a lot of his life. Like he just wakes up and he's like, there's nothing to enjoy about life. So I don't know where that puts me, but 
at least I'm old enough to like drink. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know. Alcoholism. I'm just trying to be positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that. Um, I don't know if you mentioned this on your on one of the previous episodes, but it's like one of those things where like if you grew up watching SpongeBob, you always thought you'd grow up to be SpongeBob. But it turns out See? You, like, you grew up Sorry, keep going. But I think yeah, it's just like I think that like as people just mature, they kind of lose their like like you said, like their naivete, like they realize like, oh, like work is actually hard and time actually goes by fast and trying to afford rent and like do all of these things like is very difficult and it's not always that fun except for the people that are like i mean like i don't want to discount like any like like people that like work hard at this but like i feel like being an influencer or being like a content (laughs) creator is like it's like that kind of like that out you know where like you don't work a nine to five necessarily you probably work a lot longer hours but in terms of like your day-to-day like you probably do things that you probably enjoy more i don't know like i'm not a content creator maybe someday yeah but but like i think it's kind of like a blue pill in a certain way where like that was a joke by the way what being a content creator i don't think oh. i do it that's kind of we're technically content creators that's true we are putting out i do think the name content creators really cringy though i wish like internet jobs like this could find less cringy ways to describe their work true it's like young entrepreneur or like influencer and and it's always like shit like this and it's hard to take it seriously yeah what was i gonna say i think I think like content creation is kind of like a blue pill in a way where you're like, at least for me, my, my line of thinking when I contemplated doing content creation was always like, at some point in middle school, I realized that if I play video games, I don't have to confront any of my like real life issues, you know? So why don't I do that and make money off of it? Like, it's very, sim- like, simplistic logic to talk about that. But I'm sure, like, content creators, like, take their jobs very seriously. And there's, like... Oh, absolutely. You know, there's, like, a grind aspect to it, too. But I do feel like content creation is kind of, like... It's just... It's kind of, like, you're... You got one foot in, like, Neverland and the other in reality. Like, you're kind of in between both. Yeah. So, it might be, like... It's, like, a good and bad thing. Because, like, in one way, you kind of preserve your innocence by, you know, you have to constantly interact on the internet with, like, a certain persona. You have to play, you get to play video games or make, like, you know, funny videos and edit yourself in those videos. You get to, like, communicate with, like, probably a pretty young internet fan base. But you're also, if you're, like, a Twitch streamer or, you know, like, a really dedicated YouTuber, you're probably constantly making videos or streaming to the point where you're kind of disconnected from like physical reality yeah that's fair i mean because like the average stream or like i read a statistic about it and it was like 
if you want to be successful for like a whole year you have to like be prepared to stream like eight hours a day every single day so that like, yeah. you can get like if you want to be like actually serious about it but but i think it's also just like there's the perception that like everyone who starts streaming becomes famous but it's like you have to realize for every person that like does become famous streaming or like doing content creation there's a hundred a thousand others who are like barely barely scraping up followers barely barely getting any kind of brand deals and stuff like that but that kind of is like the perception that like social media portrays but like anyone can do it yeah it glamorizes the the whole industry and all that oh there was a i I actually had a point about this um but i think that like like this isn't a very smooth transition but like i feel like um media has like glamorized so many parts of my life i think this is kind of going back to like chenchi's original question about like are you the person that you thought you'd be when you were a kid? I'm kind of like, um, like I felt like based on like just movies and TV shows and stuff like that, I felt like high school and college would be a lot longer than they actually were. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or you would have more time to do fun shit instead of just studying. Like, four years seems like a long time, but honestly, like, that shit flew by so fast, like, I don't need, like, speechless. And maybe it's just me. um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but... No, no, I want you to finish, sorry. I think it, for me, a lot of it was also the lack of closure by not having a final term and not graduating. I just felt like it was very shocking, I guess. Yeah. I was going to say for me, I, I watched, I like, this is, this is a moment of confession, but I think when I was in middle school, particularly and maybe my early high school years, I was really into like, I was I was really into anime and there's a lot of anime like shown in anime or something or like yeah there's a lot of like young <laughs> or like anime geared towards like young people or it's like very slice of life oriented sort of stuff so you can make like 400 episodes and the characters are, are like in high school and and that can last forever so that's what I thought of when you said you thought high school would last or like, or just college or high school would last like a lot longer. Yeah, I always imagined there'd be more adventures, but a lot of it was just kind of like repetitive, waking up, going to class, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's kind of sad. And for me, like it was only later in high school and later in college when I finally felt like I was getting a grip on my identity as like a student in those environments, and I could feel comfortable, kind of like doing stuff and having adventures like junior year senior year particularly mm-hmm. Chenchi, how do you feel being a couple of years out of it 
Yeah, I feel like I kind of wasted a lot of opportunity, <laughs> really. you know, because, I mean, I don't know. I guess Carlton is, like, pretty pretty academically rigorous, especially being a chemistry major. So you're just, like, studying all the time instead of hanging out or going. Well, like, I, I kind of wish I went to Froggies more, yeah. you know, <laughs> as a senior. I, I think I only went to uh, – uh, the only time I went to Froggies was during senior, senior week. I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. It's like an actual bar that, like, people go to, you know, and it's, like, during a weekday. That's why I never did it because, like, during a weekday, I'm just like, well, I have to wake up on Friday and, like, you know, go to school. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, I feel that. It's just, like, going by so fast. Like, you thought you'd have, like, so many more adventures and so many more, like, interesting things happen. And it's just like, yeah, I feel like the whole media influence thing kind of, like, I feel like it goes back to, you know, the media is, like, based on, like, life, on real life. But then we, as, like, kids who watch that shit, like, try to base our real lives oh, on the thing that was fictional. Insert art imitates life and life imitates art quote by Chen Chi. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that's all I want to That's, like, my that's like my year two <laughs> therapy kind of revelation, you know. I'm trying to market yeah. all of this, you know. Like, these are the things that I always repeat. So maybe one day we'll have like a tote bag that says some shit like that on it. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for says this. Art imitates life and life imitates art. Whatever. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. That's, that's basically all I have. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm still single, which I'm like, I'm starting to get paranoid about. I'm like, shit, man. I'm like, I've gone for so long and like been single basically the whole time. <laughs> You know, pedopause or something. Why, why are you, <laughs> you know? well, my hair, my hair's starting to fall out, bro. So I'm like, I only got a few years left to lock this shit down. Dude. You know, Johnny <laughs> Sin. That's all I have to say. <laughs> What's said, that? Johnny Sins. That's all I have to say. <laughs> if you're right, you know what I'm talking about, and you're both. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh... For me, at least, like, I think I'm finally at a point where I feel, like, sufficient as, like, my own person. Like, I don't, for, like, a really long time, I kind of was in and out of relationships, basically from, like, middle school through high school, and then to college, I was always almost consistently in a relationship with the longest time being single was probably about like like eight or nine months and now it's been about a year and i think just getting some perspective to like reflect on that time and like who i am i think was really beneficial for me to figure out like who i am and to feel because I feel like everyone at some point in their life feels like, oh, I'll, I'll just be like better with like a significant other. But. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the advantage of being single. You don't have to worry about anyone else and you can just be selfish and focus yeah. on yourself. Yeah. Especially at Carlton. Being in a relationship was just like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, it was definitely like good, but like, it was like having a separate class. Like it was just like it, it, it is like, like that. That reminds me of um. That reminds me of a. Uh, I think it was a either a Kajokra or a Lenny D. 
skit. It was like uh, how they wanted to scrunch the relationship. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Do you remember Zora? Were you part, were you yeah, I don't think that? I ever saw that one, but it sounds very funny. Sounds like something we would Yeah. So I, I don't want to break up. I just like kind of want to scrunch the relationship, you feel. <laughs> so, so for those who don't know, scrunch is uh, Carlton's pass-fail system. Um, it's basically, I think, S is satisfactory, N is no credit. CR What's the credit. middle one? So, CR is credit. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's basically like you can choose before, you know, basically before finals to uh, take your class pass fail, you know, and then you don't have to worry about it. Damn. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like relationships at Carlton were already kind of scrunched already. You know, I feel like people, a lot, most people didn't take him very seriously. Really? I feel like, I feel like it was either like people in very committed relationships and who like ended up getting married or like, I don't know, just like, it, it felt like, so I don't know. I feel like to me, like the idea of like a quote unquote healthy relationship doesn't seem like, doesn't seem very romantic. You know, it's just like, it's too, it's too surgical. It's too, like, too much like a hospital. It's like too clean, you know, or it's just like, oh, people should have their own lives and be like, you know, really like developing themselves and, you know, just only see each other when they see each other. Um, I don't know. That doesn't that doesn't sound like interesting to me. That doesn't sound like a relationship. Also, you know? I don't think that is a relationship. Wait, I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, so like that's just kind of like again hopping on like the media glamorization aspect, isn't it? Like we always think that like relationships are like easy and surgical and magical. Yeah, we're like the end all, end all, be all, and like be fill you up in every single way. It's like emotionally physically etc yeah but i do agree i think that like that's that's fair i think that like that very some like symbiotic type relationship where it's like very codependent is a very like it's very high school i would say but Mm-hmm. Like a more adult relationship would be more separated with like people living their individual life. Right, but that just, that just seems so sad to me, you know? Like, I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's just like, it's like, it's like friends with benefits at that point, right? Like, is love just friends with benefits? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Monogamy is dead. <laughs> Like you love just really close friends with uh, benefits. I mean, yes, that's what I think. Hmm. I'm, look, I, I'm, Wait, so what? I I just like I mean I kind of see Chenshi's point where he's like he doesn't want the generic like, um, you know, quote unquote healthy relationship that like that that most people nowadays kind of try to prescribe where it's like you shouldn't see them all the time or like you should have like healthy barriers and whatever and, and whatnot like i think it, it, it it's kind of it kind of like sanitizes the relationship like what a relationship means for a lot of people and it 
and it assumes that everyone has like a certain lifestyle that allows for the same types of boundaries and acceptances of the same sort of things. But um, there are, I, I'm sure like, you know, in different cultures and in different environments, there, there are relationships that are much closer, or much more tight knit and much more like symbiotic and, and they can still manage to be healthy and meaningful and productive for both individuals. Um, I think it just depends on like your goals and a whole bunch of other factors in your life, whether like your relationship style works. So yeah, I, I kind of agree with Chenchi where I don't like the, that like whole, like, you know, the, the contemporary Asian, I mean, contemporary like American like relationship trend where it's like, you got to care for yourself before you care for others. And you got to like watch for red flags, et cetera, et cetera. And, and all that. I'm not saying like you should date people who are fucking crazy, but at the same time, it's like there's got to there is probably more to romance than like what like some blog is telling you is healthy or psychologically, you know, acceptable or whatever. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's also kind of like, um, um, I feel like Shenshi, you're like. You, you kind of you kind of have like this all or nothing mentality. It feels like too, where it's like, yeah, yeah, not just that's because fair. a relationship is like, you know, balanced with work and balanced with other things, and people have like a bunch of definite boundaries between between each other. That doesn't mean they're friends with benefits necessarily. I'm sure, like, I'm sure if someone is like, you know, trying to trying their best to achieve their personal life goals and still maintaining these relationships the having like all these boundaries or like having enough distance between each other so that you're both like mentally healthy or whatever that's probably like a sign that somebody has their personal shit together and they're trying really hard to hold on to everything that matters in their lives including their relationship and their job and their friendships and all that stuff but yeah, I don't know. I've seen like both types of relationships. I don't know. I wouldn't disqualify either of them. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Sue? Um, there's a lot of thoughts on relationships, but uh, I think for this particular case, I think that like, I don't necessarily know if there's, like, like, kind of, like, what Warren said about, like, this all or nothing. Like, I think that maybe there's just kind of, like, this spectrum of, like, what do, like, people find fulfilling. For some people, that might be, like, I don't know, just, like, having a cookie-cutter like marriage and stuff like that and people can find that very fulfilling and then some people can like also find like like an open relationship can also be very fulfilling so i think that like i don't know it just seems like it's hard to generalize in my opinion but I, yeah, I'm, I'm a little lost. 
like at this point, what do you think you would want? I'm curious because I feel like you you said you were in relationships for so long, yeah, continuous, uh, continuously. Well, I think that like if anything, that like having experience definitely like uh, like this this sounds really cheesy, but like having a lot of experience allows you to learn from your mistakes and become a better person and all of these other cliches but I don't know like I I feel like it allowed me to like really think about like what am I who am I and what do I need and like how do I vocalize those needs and like how to be empathetic I think like that was like the big one was like how do you learn to be empathetic like that that took a lot like probably like I, I still struggle being like super empathetic I just don't think that like maybe it is just like growing up in like an Asian household but like Wait, what is what does being like, empathetic mean to you it's not so much like like it's like showing that you care for someone but it's not trying to fix their problems it's not like trying to make them feel better it's just like allowing someone space to feel like they're heard and they have someone like rooting for them it's basically just like supporting someone like someone comes to you and they say like god like i'm just having like the worst fucking day like everything's gone wrong i feel like shit like everything's just bad no no just instead of being like oh, you should, like, go for a walk, or, like, you should, like, vent about it, or something like that. You just, like, you just say, like, damn, like, that really sucks, and I, like, I'm really sorry for you. Like, tell me what I can do to help. Like, and it's just, like, yeah, it's just, like, allowing people to be heard. And I think that, like, I learned that from a few different spaces. Um, one that I thought was really interesting was I shadowed with a doctor a few years ago and he works in family practice. And he told me like, I'm kind of winding down my practice. Um, I'm getting close to retirement age and I just don't really feel like I am benefiting from like seeing a ton of patients every day. Like I just don't find that fulfilling. But what I do find fulfilling is taking slightly longer appointments and just like talking with patients because especially for some of the older patients, like they don't really have a lot of human connection throughout their day. Maybe their spouse died. Maybe their kids moved out. Maybe they're just living on their own and they just don't have a lot of human interaction. So they come in and they just want to talk with someone. And I think that that, like, really, like, opened my eyes to just, like, sometimes people just want to feel heard. And they just want to feel like someone appreciates them or supports them or is just, like, willing to give up time for them. And that's, like, all they need. And I think that, like, that's very undervalued. But, sorry, that was kind of a yeah, no, I feel that that's that's so real. Just like 
having like a desire to be like seen and understood is I think so fundamental, right. To like, you know, I feel like you want to have at least some people who see you the way close to the way you see yourself, right. Or else you're right. just going to be a robot and have to always act differently. Yeah. But in terms of like what I'm looking for in a relationship, like in the future, like, um, I could definitely see myself getting married and having kids. I think that that's still like, in the cards for me but in terms of like a fulfilling relationship i think that like i personally value independence a lot and i think it's about finding someone who like definitely has a similar communication style that's huge and like trying to find the balance between like Uh, like there's like like chemistry between like people like oh we like have very like it's like the difference between like chemistry and values where you can be with someone who has like very good chemistry or really good like really similar values and I think that they're both important but you have to have both because like, if you don't have both, then you're always going to disagree on something. And I think it's healthy to, like, not agree with everything. But th those are, like, fundamental. Like, you should always agree on the fundamentals. And morals and chemistry are, like, the big, the big ones for me, at least. I don't know about anyone else, but that's my sage dating advice for the day that's, yeah morals <laughs> very valuable for finding someone that you you want to be with uh that's also why when i go to parties and talk to someone that uh, and, and i'm looking for a conversation topic i i just start talking about philosophy and ethics you know <laughs> My, uh... totally not <laughs> you're just already yeah, I'm like, you're already screaming people out what are you? Are you uh, <laughs> are you a utilitarian? It's like, what do you? What do you flip? Yeah, what do you flip? Yeah, the switch if it's wrong with your dad over, what would you do? Uh, I'm sorry, you're already walking away. Uh, did you want to play pong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's pull, pull out all your list. All right, well, cross that name off. My opener on Tinder right now is just, do you believe in God? Oh fuck. <laughs> I feel like we did a lot of very oh damn though. I feel like that's a oh yeah that's yeah. a risky opener. But it's like man. one of those things. It's like it either goes like I feel just like, like what the fuck, and then they just don't open it, and you're like, okay, well you're boring. <laughs> or yeah, like, do you really want to be with someone who wouldn't engage in a conversation? I mean, like, that? like not me. I don't know if I, if I was a girl, I'd just be like, damn, that's like kind of intense. Like unless yeah. I was like a super religious trick, you know. I would just be like, kind of like, yeah, which maybe like, that's what you want. For me, so. it's just like, who I knows? want someone who like thinks about stuff, who will like engage in like some kind of conversation that's just not like, because like, what do you say like otherwise? Like, hey, what's up? And they're like, not much. You and you're like, not much. Like, where do you go <laughs> from there? I don't know. I've had a couple conversations like that, and I'm like, well, this is. I have, like, I have the exact opposite philosophy of you when it comes <laughs> to like meeting people on Tinder. I prefer to just have like friendly sounding like banter and conversation so I can like 
so we can check that we're both reasonably agreeable and then we like meet up and then we can talk about drugs i mean god and then have drugs (laughs) (laughs) we can have a little god and talk about drugs (laughs) yeah that's fair i mean to be fair i could preface i I like to build it up you know that like i don't go on a lot of tinder dates i've gone on two yeah so like i'm clearly I I, i just like i don't know like i don't know how to like just like pick up with a stranger and like figure out like okay what yeah. do you do like it, a lot of it is not your fault though i mean it's like it's tinder it's an app there's an algorithm it's a right. lot of it just feels like it's just numbers and pictures like crashing with each other so and it's so if superficial you're... so it's like yeah exactly i um i was gonna say though i really don't like it where i feel like a lot of See, okay, so Chenshi has his things where he always complains about, and I have my things I always complain about. I always complain about Gen Z culture <laughs> for some reason. I think, like, I don't like the way Gen Zers, like, talk on Tinder because they're really intense with their bios, and it's like, it's like they have, they don't, like, know how to just have, like, a regular cordial conversation with you before talking about really insane shit. So, like, recently I matched with a girl, and... um she opened with a message and she said just hit me and i was like i don't know what to say to that so like that's that's like one example of it's just like random intense like lines where you're just like i don't know what the fuck you want from me dude is it i don't know if it's just a meme or or if it was like whatever but i was like how are you how do you expect someone to respond to that <laughs> but uh, another person I saw on Tinder, their bio said some shit like, what will you do when the revolution comes in all caps? And I was like, I, I don't really think this is appropriate for Tinder. Like, I don't really know what to say. I mean, like, <laughs> you're trying to go to a protest sometime or some shit? Like, I don't know. But it's just like weird shit like that. Like, Gen Zers are so fucking zany that you don't know how to, like, talk to them or something. And I don't know, like, we're on the cusp of millennial and Gen Z, so... I might just be talking shit about myself too. Yeah. I don't know. I think our generation is just like weird. Like, I don't I don't really know how else to say it. It's just very Yeah, I don't know. I I have nothing <laughs> meaningful to contribute. <laughs> yeah well i I guess for the record i've never been on a tinder date i think the closest closest i got was um well actually no i was on one (laughs) that was a long time ago because i've never been on a tinder date recently i guess since i've redownloaded the app so i I can't relate at all yeah i just feel like i don't know tinder is such a weird like because i think that like people feel bad if it's like really superficial but it's like that's like all it is is like you really just make like snap decisions like i swipe left on a lot of people and i think like you're probably really nice and you're probably like a perfectly decent person but like 
I know. That's not what you want. It's just like, it's, <laughs> I don't know. That's how I feel. Like, that's just like dating apps in general, though. Like, I think that they can't be crazy. Yeah, I don't even know, like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, like, I'm at this point where I'm just, like, I don't know if I could ever, like, meet someone new and, like, fall in love with them because I've already met so many people. And, like, you know, I just feel you have, like, a a sort of fatigue. I think they call, like, empathy fatigue or something where it's just, like, I don't know, like, if you think about, like, every time you meet a new person, it's become slightly less special, right, because, you know, you already have met so many people and it's just, like, I don't know. I feel like every if I like met a new person, I just like wouldn't, you know, I can't really envision myself like falling in love. It's very nihilist of you. <laughs> I think that's funny to say because <laughs> out of all three of us, you've dated the least as well. So it's like funny that that's your concern when yeah. we're still trying to like talk about our preferences for meeting people on Tinder. You're like, I, I don't think I'm. I can ever like fall in love. <laughs> I would not be looking for love on Tinder. Yeah, dude. Like I said, I'm like just turning into a robot. No. You just gotta get out there and you'll meet. Like, maybe you're just not meeting the right people. And then you yeah, I mean, you are surrounded by Republicans in the middle of the <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. Lots of Republicans. Our goal is to lots try to get him into the, the, the experimental wine department or whatever. He has his works at a winery. He stuck <laughs> around with like a bunch of Republicans who are older than him and complain about um, liberals. So he hates it there. But he, there's like one department in the winemaking place where it's just full of like young, beautiful white women or something. <laughs> <laughs> and Jen's like, That's where you Jen's like trying to find a way to get promoted or move into that department or whatever. Like you stay, look, Chenchi, like as like this is like a personal thing. You stay like you're doubting your ability to fall in love, but at the same time, last month you literally told me you wrote a letter to one of your coworkers trying to invite her to do something and you Oh my god. Every every time it turns different, it wasn't well, no, a letter. No, wait, you gave something. You gave something yeah. to her though. You gave her your in a I note. Yeah, give her my number in a note. But it's yeah. like if you're doing cute little shit like that, I don't, I don't think like you're necessarily having empathy fatigue. I think you're literally just stuck in the middle of nowhere and feeling kind of like doubtful about <laughs> your chances, which is like perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, you just gotta like find the right people, be who you are, and if people, okay if people don't respond to who you are, like, when you're being genuine, then fuck them. Like, no. <laughs> like, literally? Like, uh, just, like, <laughs> like it, if someone doesn't, like, appreciate you for who you are, then, like, why waste time being around them if they're just gonna, like... Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes you have no mean, choice, like, right? You don't have so. to choose to, like, say, like, She's gonna be my best friend by default just because like they're who I'm around. Like you can always just be like, I have better friends who appreciate me, so I'm gonna spend more time with them. I don't know. These are facts. I think that's just like with anything though. It is true though that like 
you're more likely to date someone based on proximity than like actual compatibility. Like proximity definitely plays a role in like who you associate with for like obvious reasons, but like it's like a like a psychology or sociology fact. Be you shine bright. Yeah, I mean, like this. I feel like this only so far. Something like compatibility helps you to the like. You know, it's like one of those things like diminishing returns, where it's like you just need like a baseline level of compatibility to let you and your partner like achieve certain things and to like coexist and live and be happy together. But like any more than that, it's kind of like it's not any. It's not helping anymore so it's like i think it's it it makes sense to me right it's in terms in terms of like the work yeah. that you put into it, it. makes yeah, sense I to like it makes sense that synergy yeah. i mean that's in gm location proximity is more is, is a more like stronger is a stronger determinant of who you end up dating than like raw compatibility in that case because yeah compatibility is valuable to a certain extent but then like but above the threshold it's not it's probably not as valuable as needed plus like if you're in the same area as someone a lot chances are you're probably compatible with them right if you're in the same work area as someone and you choose out of all your workmates to date that person you're a close together and b probably most compatible in that workspace i mean that's that's just like a very simplistic model but that's what i'm thinking yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. Just got to put myself out or, there. Yeah, just put yourself <laughs> out there. Yeah. Yep. Write more notes. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, it's been a it's been a solid hour or so, maybe even yeah. more. Do we have any uh, closing thoughts? Um. Trump got COVID, yay. <laughs> I found this out while I was on a date with somebody and I was like, this this is not related to my dating skills whatsoever or the date itself, but just the fact that she's on the date with me and we have this news kind of enhances the date experience. So this helps. But <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Wait, wait, what do you mean? That, that you found yeah, I was on the on date, date with this girl. We were hanging out and then we were, and then she was like looking at her phone. She's like, oh my God, Trump got COVID. And I was like, oh my God. And this is going to make this date experience more memorable and better for both of us, even though I did nothing. So, yay! <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like that, like you know, random random events in the game that give you yeah. like plus four charisma or some shit. Yeah, I was doing okay. I was doing okay before this, but you know, yeah. if God wants to put that out there, you know, give him Trump a little COVID. I'll take what we take. Take those, right? Yes, uh, Stu, thanks for coming coming on. Yeah, telling us for having me. Are you listening to the podcast? I mean, you're welcome anytime because you're one of our close friends from Carlton, and you're in the similar situation as us, I think. So we have a lot to talk about together. A graduate. A graduate. Yeah, we're all we're all graduates. Exactly. Grads. No wait, no, you're not. Oh wait, no, what are you? No. We're we're freshmen. We're freshman adults. Yeah. Again. Well, you're, First year you're like adult. A junior adult. 
<laughs> that's, that's the upperclassmen who can only make friends with the noobs. <laughs> gonna buy us alcohol or something. <laughs> Bro, I don't. I don't like. Yeah, but he knows. Yeah. He knows where cocaine's at. He knows how to. Like, if you're an upperclassman, like, you would hook us up with jobs, if anything. But you would hook us up with like, like car <laughs> rentals. Oh yeah, because Warren and I can't rent a car. Yeah, I can't drive. Oh yeah, well you can't rent a car like super oh. can't rent a car, but I can't. <laughs> I super can't rent a car. Drive. <laughs> well, you have to be 21 to rent a car. I didn't know that. Yeah, 25. I didn't know that. Boy, no. Uh, Only in some places, right? In California, well, it's definitely less. Also, in Minnesota, like, Enterprise is 25. Except Carlton got yeah. like, a deal that anyone with a driver's wow. license can rent. But in general, I think it's 25. Huh. Yeah, it's definitely different for like Avis or Hertz. Yeah. That's for sure. But I don't know. I, I thought Hertz went uh, bankrupt, though. So I can't say I'm Maybe. invested in the car rental enterprise. Yeah. But, we'll look into that next time. True. All right, boys. Well, this has been episode four. Yeah, you were our first guest. Feature. Yeah, featuring our first guest. No. Do you have any final comments? Do Does anyone have any comments? Uh. I need, uh, I guess, notes of future me when I'm reading, when I'm like not reading this, when I'm listening to this. Uh, just hate yourself less, eat more vegetables, drink more water, maybe, maybe start biking or something. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think for me, appreciate yourself. You're doing your best. That's Are we all making notes to our future selves and to everyone else. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. Just meditate. <laughs> and to not... Don't get so... Don't get your head stuck in, like, all the negatives of your situation, because everyone likes to do that. Sometimes we just need, like, small reminders to not do it. This is too wholesome for me. I'm gonna, like... <laughs> I gotta go. I'll see you guys later. Okay. Uh, peace. <laughs>